Happy New Year. Thank you so much for being here. And if you are new here, welcome to the More Than Just a Type podcast. In today's episode, I'm sharing two clips from two of our most downloaded episodes of 2020. And if you've already listened to either of these episodes, give yourself space to listen to them again in the current season that you are in. We are changing and evolving every single day, and you might take away something different or hear something in a new way that maybe you didn't hear before that will support your journey wherever you are currently. This episode features Chad Okuma and Christina Magana, both who I have had the pleasure to get to know, and both Christina and Chad have been living with type 1 diabetes. Chad was diagnosed at the age of 35 years old, and Christy was diagnosed at age 3. In these clips today, you'll hear how Chad lost over 150 pounds and has successfully kept it off with type 1 diabetes. And he shares some really, really good tips on how to successfully achieve your weight loss goal with type 1 diabetes. Christy is currently on her own fitness journey, and she is also one of the members in my fat loss program. And in this clip, she shares some really, really great tips when it comes to exercise and dieting with diabetes and how to stay on track with nutrition so you don't fall off the wagon. These clips today are incredibly inspiring, and if you're on your own fitness journey or thinking about getting started and you want to lose weight, then you're especially going to find these episodes super beneficial. I'm going to link to the full clips to these episodes in the show notes of this episode today, just in case you want to listen to the full episode of either of these clips, because I'm sure once you get a taste, you are probably going to want to listen to the whole episode if you haven't already. If you enjoy this episode today and it inspires you in some way, please take a second to rate and review this podcast. You can do so by scrolling down on whichever platform you're listening to this podcast on and tap the stars to rate the podcast and then click to leave a quick review and let me know what your biggest takeaway is from this episode today. When you take the time to rate and review the podcast, it helps to expand the reach of this podcast and it makes it possible for other people to find the show and benefit from listening to this content as well. And if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please take a second to subscribe because that way you won't miss out on upcoming episodes and bonus content. Thank you so much for your support of this show. Welcome to the More Than Just a Type podcast, a place where we explore what it takes to live your best life. I'm your host, Taja Cato, expert in type 1 diabetes and fat loss, entrepreneur, and lover of all things fitness and personal development. Each week, we'll bring you a tangible tool, tip, or insight that'll inspire you and empower you to take action, achieve your goals, and live your best life. I was diagnosed at age 35, which is, I'm, so I'm 38. Um, okay. Uh, so When's your di- birthday? May. So I was diagnosed mm-hmm. right around my birthday, uh, three and a half years ago, but the weight loss and it was kind of, oh, the diagnosis was so confusing and it was almost like ironic in a sense, because 
I started my weight loss journey when I was about 26 in 2007. Mm-hmm. I was, I had been heavy for a while, like through college, maybe like four or five years. And I'd struggled with my weight my entire life. I remember getting kind of, you know, heavy around fourth grade and, you know, junior high was rough. Um, the beginning of high school was rough, but then I kind of grew out of it a little bit toward the end of high school, you know, after like when puberty hit and I kind of stretched out a little bit. And so I was always athletic. I was always active, but just struggled with my weight. It was a, a huge burden that I carried around for a long time. Um, and, uh, for so many reasons I wanted to lose weight, but finally the straw that broke the camel's back was in 2007, right around my birthday in May, I was, I was called up by a friend and asked to go with him to his bachelor party, um, with a bunch of people who I didn't know. I was the only, he was the only person in this, this group of guys that we were going to go with Mm -hmm. that I knew. And I was so uncomfortable with the idea of going somewhere with all these people and, 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 and I, I don't mean to fat shame or anything. This is just my experience, but I was so uncomfortable with how big I was and being that guy um, that I thought people were looking at or making fun of everywhere I went. Um, and just for some context, I'm, I'm about five ten, And at the time I weighed about 300 to 335 pounds at my biggest, I was 335 pounds. And so go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, cause you lost like 150 pounds, right? Yeah. So, so in total, it's even been more than that, but as of my weight right now, yeah, it's about 150 pounds. I'm about 185 now. Um, so yeah, I got invited to this bachelor party and, and I, I didn't want to go. Um, but I, you know, I had to. So I set a goal for myself and I, I told myself that I would lose 50 pounds by, um, August. So May, June, July, August, four months I had to lose 50 pounds before I went to this bachelor party. And I, I knew enough about exercise from, you know, playing baseball and being in high school sports to exercise, you know, but I didn't really know much about nutrition other than just the standard stuff that you hear, uh, from people you know, or that you hear growing up. And, uh, so I just, I went for it and I, I worked as hard as I could and tried to eat a little bit better. And I remember I woke up on the day that I was supposed to go to that bachelor party, did my workout and weighed myself. And I was a half a pound or so, um, off from that 50 pound goal that I had set. And my friend was on his way to pick me up. And so I put on my sweats and I just started running up and down my stairs in my condo until I sweat out a half a pound and literally jumped in the shower and got in the car and went to the bachelor party. Oh my God, that's amazing. And that started like the momentum. That's what got me going. Yeah. Like talk about goals, right? Like that's such an achievement. Yeah. So that was, that was huge. And I think it was huge in a couple of ways. One um, one thing that I didn't realize that I was doing at the time, uh, was setting a, a shorter term goal. Like I, I had always wanted to lose weight. I had always wanted to, to be in shape, but I was looking at it like it's this 
thing that's just so far away. You know, I, I was over 300 pounds and I, I wanted to be 180 pounds or 185 pounds. And I mean, when you're looking at it that way, it seems insurmountable. It's almost impossible. Um, and I think yeah. that creating that short-term goal is really what one of the things that, that led to the success, that snowballing success that continued on going forward. That's amazing. Cause I was going to say too, like just so many people who I talk to, one of the hardest things that they, it seems like they face is just the motivation and it's not even just like getting motivated, but then staying motivated. Like once they get started, you know? Yeah. And have you ever, do you know who David Goggins is? I don't. Um, he's a, he's been a, a guest on, um, Joe Rogan's podcast. He's a former Navy SEAL, but his story is a lot about um, weight loss and and um, his attempts to become a Navy SEAL and determination. And it's it's a mindset um, type type um, book that I I listen to while I run. And he 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 says things like, you know, it's not about motivation. Motivation is not always with us. It's a mindset, mm-hmm. and I, I believe that, but we still need motivation. And I think that, that the only, the only way that people are really going to succeed is if they can find that motivation, like in themselves, if you're doing it for yourself, you can't do it for anyone else or any other cause or any other reason. You really have to want it for you. And you, you have to be honest with yourself about that. I feel like. Yeah. That's such a powerful thing too. Cause I think a lot of the time that's you know, people will look at other people for the motivation, but it, you're so right. It has to be something that like, you know, other people can inspire you, but you have to find it in yourself to actually stay motivated. For sure. What do you feel like, like for your personal journey is like, what helped you find that motivation for yourself? Do you think when you look back? You know, I, I think that like I said, you have to be honest with yourself. And I think what it was, was one day I just really decided to be honest with myself. You know, I, I didn't want to say things like, oh, I want to be, you know, thin or in shape mm-hmm. to look good. Um, but I do. Like, I want to look yeah. good. That makes me feel good. Um, I, I do want to be healthy. And I, and I do, you know, want to be able to participate in, in activities and sports. But I was embarrassed. I mean, I would go, I would avoid certain restaurants because they had chairs that had arms on them and, and I would have to squeeze into the chair to sit down. And that was embarrassing for me. I mean, I didn't want to, I didn't want to live like that anymore. I didn't want to go places and be with friends and do things like go into a bachelor party, which is supposed to be awesome Yeah. because I was embarrassed, you know? Yeah. that And that's so amazing too. Like so inspiring that you, you know, made it happen for yourself and how you did it, you know, <laughs> like that's so awesome when you look back. Thank you. Because I'm sure there's so many people that, that feel the same way, but they're probably stuck in that place of like, I don't know if it's possible for me or they're looking at the long game, like how you were at the beginning. Yeah. And that's kind of like the point of me being here or like why I was interested in doing this was you know, I'm not a health expert. I am not, I don't do this for a living. I don't have a degree in this or an education in this. I, you know, at the time when I decided I was going to lose weight, I worked for my father who is a contractor and, you know, I had a regular job and just a normal life. And, and 
I did this on the side, just like most of the people who I imagine listening to this are, are going to have to do, you know, they don't, they're not trainers or, you know, work in a gym where they have access to this stuff all the time. I was just a normal guy that had a weight problem. Yeah. And do you find like, was time ever an issue for you? Like making time to fit everything in and then have like your full-time job and do all the other things that you had to do? Yes. Yes. And no. Yes. Because I mean, I had a lot of responsibilities. Um, so I definitely had to make time and I had to be very intentional about making time, but I did work for myself to some degree, um, and had the flexibility to kind of, you know, take a longer lunch if that's when I was doing my workouts or go in a little bit later if I was doing my morning workouts, things along those lines. Yeah, that's good. And I mean, I guess even because did you have did you hire someone or did you just figure it out all on your own? I just did it on my own. I like I said, I, I thought I knew enough about exercise and, and maybe even more importantly, my limits just because like I'd played high school sports. So, you know, I'd, I'd been pushed like I knew how to work out, might not have proper form and every, you know, resistance technique or you know, I didn't fully understand nutrition. But like I said, you make small changes and that goes for the diet part too, right? Like, um, I remember thinking to myself, like, well, what can I do, uh, incrementally to help with this? And I listened to a lot of what you preach about caloric deficit. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, things that I would do is like, I would eat a sandwich and chips, you know, for lunch, let's say, and I would still eat a sandwich and chips so that I didn't have to rob myself of the things that I liked, but I would, you know, not put the cheese on there, not put the mayonnaise on there or buy an individual bag of chips instead of eating from the big bag of chips so that I had portion control, just little adjustments that I was okay assuming as part of my lifestyle instead of having to tell myself I'm on a diet, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. And that's also such a important thing because I don't, do you think that a lot of people will, it's like, they'll be like, okay, I want to lose weight. And then they'll cut out all the things and try to stick to this like really, you know, healthy diet, but it's not sustainable because no one wants to eat salad all day, every day. Right. Like, yeah, you know? totally. And I, I did that. I failed so many times for that reason. You know, you hear about a diet or something, a workout or something that someone's doing and they tell you how you can, you know, drop a bunch of weight in this super short period of time. And maybe you can. I mean, there are things that you can do, but they're not sustainable. They're not manageable. They're not going to, they're not going to last. And that was my goal is I wanted it to last. I, I had done the roller coaster thing, Yeah. but you know, I wanted it to be my new life. Yeah. That's so, that's so important. Cause you hear people talking about it all the time. It's like, they want, they want to look a certain way and they want to like get there, but then so many people are just doing it the wrong way in order to get, you know, the results that you got. Yeah. I think a lot of people are looking for shortcuts. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend tell me this the other day, you know, he was, we were having dinner and he was talking to me about this. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to lose weight and I'm struggling. And he's like, you know, I respect you so much because I've been able to, this is him talking. Yeah. I've been able to shortcut so many things in my life, in my career, you know, in my education, wherever it is. He's like, but this is just this one thing that you can't shortcut. Like you really have to put in the work mm -hmm. and you really have to put in the effort and you really have to be determined. That's so true. Cause you've kind of like 
tried your for so long, right? But then when did it like hit you that you wanted to do it the right way and really dive into it? So up until 2007, I had roller coastered a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2007, I was at my biggest. And, and I think it was probably just having gotten to my lowest point self-esteem wise um, that, that changed me and made me want to do it for real this time, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then the, the goal achievements were um, like addicting. You know, I, I, I accomplished that first goal and I was like, I want to do it again. And I, that first one was the big one and I remember it most. And I don't even remember what the second one was. I remember I had set another goal for Thanksgiving. So from August to Thanksgiving, I wanted to lose some more weight. And I just, I just kept doing it and I just kept hitting those goals. And it, it was like contagious, you know, it just consumed me and I wanted it so much more because I was successful with it. And I, I think that's powerful too. I think most people set off, trying to reach that long goal and and have like an unreasonable goal and an unreasonable time frame and it's it's not a lifestyle adjustment it's a diet so then it gets hard and then they fail and then they want to give up yeah so for someone who might be first of all like maybe starting their fitness journey like weight loss specifically what sort of tips or any like challenges that you had that you overcome that like you might be able to give to someone who's thinking about starting but just doesn't even know where to begin they're like I don't know that like I want to lose weight but I have no idea where to start so the first the first tips that I would give are um, like we talked about uh, set some set some short-term goals um, so that you're not shooting reaching for the stars right out of the Mm -hmm. gate Um, make small changes you know to change your lifestyle entirely and make small changes so that they're, they're manageable things that you know that you can live with for a long period of time. Um, don't be afraid to take breaks and cheat and, and, you know, uh, take some time off of that lifestyle as long as you know that you can get back on track. Um, and use activities that you enjoy for motivation. Like if you're a, you like mountain biking or swimming or surfing or whatever it is, um, you know, work toward set goals, working toward those activities. Um, be compassionate, be compassionate with yourself. You're going to fail at something, you know, you might miss a small goal, uh, that you set, uh, but don't let that like end it all. Just set a new one the next time and and figure out a way to make it work. Totally. Be honest with yourself. That's a huge one. You have to do it for you. You can't do it for for anyone else or or anything else. Yeah. Those are the for anyone getting started, those are the things that I would take into consideration. And and then specifically for the type ones, I would say um, you know, find a routine that works good for you. And be sure that you're on top of your management as much as possible, because one of the things that will set you back is the hypo snacks. I mean, that's a big one for me. Me too. I go low and I just start slamming anything that I can to feel better. And I mean, who knows how many hundreds of calories that can be at a time sometimes. Yeah. So be, be aware of that. 
quickly interrupting this episode today because if your goal is to lose weight, then I don't want you to miss the chance to enter to win my fat loss program. It's the complete roadmap to fat loss for people living with type 1 diabetes. We launched the program only one time per year. So if you're listening to this between January 1st and January 11th, 2020, you still have a chance to enter to win the program for free. This program is for you if you want to lose weight in a sustainable way that supports your blood sugars and you don't really want to have a strict diet plan and you'd be more interested in having a plan that allows you to eat the foods that you love while still achieving your fitness goals. Just go to diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash win to enter for your chance to win the complete program for free. I am also going to link to this in the show notes. All right, let's get back to the episode. It doesn't really matter what you kind of do for exercise as long as it's something that you enjoy. Yeah. Because, you know, you're not going to show up unless unless you love it. But more on the nutrition aspect and diabetes management portion, um, I think what was challenging was I was trying to perfect this disease and not educating myself enough on it. Yeah. That's something that so many people I think can relate to because it's, I mean, I've even been there too and like felt like shit because I'm not being perfect. Mm -hmm. I would rely on my endocrinologist a lot to you know, make decisions for me, like pump wise, you know, these are going to be your settings, you know, it is what it is. It's solidified for the next three months until I see you again. Yeah. And then me not knowing how to change them or to even realize that there's a change that needs to come or, you know, notice like knowing my body, I think knowing my body has helped me so much nutrition wise and diabetes management wise if i if you don't take the time to get to know yourself yeah it just makes managing it hard you have to stay one step ahead of of type 1 you just have to yeah like i have to know like you know what my period's coming i'm going to be more resistant um i'm exercising this is the time of day that i'm exercising i'm going to be um you know absorbing more Or what did, what did I eat, you know, for lunch? Was it heavy in carbs, not heavy in carbs? Was it heavy in fat, not so heavy in fat? Is, do I still have, I don't know, a term, I don't know if this is a real term, active carbs in my body or am I kind of empty? Yeah. How much insulin do I have on board? There's just so many things. Am I stressed out? Did I get enough sleep? Did I drink enough water? Am I hydrated? Am I dehydrated? So many things to remember. Do you find um, what what's been just like keeping track of everything? Like, has it been difficult just to? Because were you always tracking your food and like your macros? Yeah, I I have um, for a long time. I used My Fitness Pal, and then I kind of got away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just using it more just not even diabetes management wise. It was just like, how many calories am I eating? You know? Yeah. And then I started using a different one called chronometer. They're all the same in the end, mm-hmm. but I was tracking on there 
for maybe three quarters of a year. And I would only focus on just the day to day um, situation. I would never like zoom out to look at everything in a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. It was just like, you know, what did I eat today? How many carbs are in this meal? And then I would, then I started using it to tell me um, how many carbs are in my meal so that I could bolus properly. Yeah. Has that helped with just learn, getting to know your body and learn about your body and your triggers or just being more aware overall, like tracking your food? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've come to realize finally after so many years that if I kind of keep the same pattern of food, um, like let's say today was a good day and and I had, you know, what I usually have for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks are pretty much the same. If today was a good day, do the same thing again tomorrow. <laughs> it's yeah. like reliving the same day. And then maybe make a couple of tweaks where things went wrong. Yeah, that's amazing. And you're really good at doing that too. Like just staying on track of everything, I feel like. Thank you. Yeah. Do you, Is there, like, have you always been just so, just, I don't even know what the word is, but like so good at staying on track or was that something that kind of built up over time and just being more aware with things? Because I feel like so often people will, you know, they'll be like, all right, I'm going to track my food and then they'll start tracking. But then a week goes by and they'll just kind of like fall off the wagon. And then I don't know, it can be hard for people. When it happened over time, it didn't happen overnight. And when my priorities changed, that also helped. So, um, and I'm not saying that any uh, tracking app is better than than any. I just refer to them this way because this was a time period in my life. When I was using my fitness pal, I was using the free version. I wanted to track my calories, did what you said. It would be solid for, I don't know, not a week, maybe a little bit longer, like a month, a month and a half. And then before you know it, you know, you're eating something bad and you don't feel like tracking it because you don't want to come face to face with... <laughs> <laughs> whatever bad meals you've had consecutively. And then before you know it, you're not tracking anymore. Yeah. When I started using Chronometer, it was a little bit cheaper than my fitness pal. My boyfriend uses it. So he's a big reason why I guess I use it because he, he knew like the ins and outs of it. And I don't know, liked it for certain reasons. So I paid for it. Yeah. It's more complex, isn't it? A little bit or no? Or is it just because it has your micronutrients in there too? I think because it has the micronutrients, yeah. it kind of like gets down to the nitty gritty okay. <laughs> of, of whatever you're consuming. But when I unlocked the paid version, I wasn't tracking my food. My purpose was no longer tracking it to see like, let's see how many calories I eat. Cause I knew that I needed to be conscious about it. If I wanted to lose weight, like way back in the day when I still didn't know everything that I, you know, know now, um, now I don't necessarily use it. I mean, I do, but I don't. But my main priority for tracking every day is because in the paid version, let's say I add multiple things under the lunch section. Mm -hmm. It'll add up my carbs for me. Where when I before I had the paid version, I'd have to go to each individual item. And then there I was with my calculator, yeah. adding it in one hand and then looking up everything in, one, in another hand. Um, and it was just too time consuming. Yeah. Even though it probably really isn't that bad, but you know, I'm dramatic. But I want to know now. <laughs> once you have like, cause I had the paid version of my fitness pal for a bit and then I like downgraded, mm -hmm. but it was 
hard to get used to just the t- extra time it takes to manually calculate everything when it's just right there. So I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So it was just faster. I input everything and then you get to choose what you want it to um, like add up. It could be like what you wanted to say, your total fat, your total carbs, your total calories just for the meal, whatever. So of course I pick carbs. So I just put everything in. It does the math for me. I go and I do my bolus. So my purpose changed. So it is, it is not hard for me, I guess, to get off track with that because although I needed to know how many calories I'm consuming in a day, my priority is I need to know how many carbs are in each meal. Yeah. I would say to to say that I'm going to fall off the wagon of tracking. I don't think so because now I rely on it for that. So I know what to bolus. Yeah. That's so helpful. That's such a, a good trick too you know, use it for fitness, mm-hmm. but then also for your health. Mm-hmm. Started your weight loss journey to be exact. Oh God, it seems like forever. Yeah. My whole adult life <laughs> feels like. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've always been somewhat aware, but I never fully, fully, fully educated myself on it. It would just kind of be like whatever new fad came around and so-and-so, so-and-so's cousin lost you know, a cup of jillion pounds doing this and maybe it could work for me too. Yeah. I feel like I can totally relate to that. like that. Yeah. And then I would switch too much. I'd, I'd go from one fad to the next fad within like a month. Yeah. I can totally relate to that too. And then it's like, <laughs> why isn't this working? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. This one's not working fast enough. Jump to the next one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, th- yeah. It's crazy. It's and not mess. to mention like that probably wasn't great on the blood sugars. <laughs> no. And so when I would jump around, I really started jumping around probably like in the last um, three years or two years even. And I would go uh, keto, you know, everyone's talking about it. I saw something about it on Netflix, do it. And then after that, like, no, uh, go whole foods, you know, that's not the answer. Cut, cut fat out completely. And then I would go to, so every three months when I go see my endo, I'm like, I'm doing this now. I'm doing this other one now. And I'm doing this one now. And she'd be like, stop already. And she would always tell me like, just, you have to eat a balance of everything. You cannot cut your fat out a hundred percent or close to a hundred percent. And she would talk and talk and say like, Oh, you know, you need it for your hormones and this and this and that. And I would just, um, smile and nod. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> I had no idea what she was talking about, but I'd just be like, uh-huh. Okay. Still go do it anyway. So high fat didn't do good for my, um, insulin resistant wise. Yeah. And then I'd be like, okay, you know, forget that one. And then it'd be like, just do Atkins. It's still low carb, but you know, you don't have to go so high in fat. Yeah, And then I discovered that carbs were fuel. And I'm like, okay, you can't do that one no more. So go Whole Foods where you could eat like 300 carbs in a day, but then no fat. And then I found out that fat, you know, is a building block for all of your hormones and a lot of your cells. Like, okay, now we can't do that one. Do something else. Yeah. And then I found you. <laughs> and then life has been good. Oh. Count your macros. <laughs> how, cause count how, your dang macros. <laughs> how is that? Like, I know like counting macros isn't for everyone by all means. Have you found, because you've found that, I mean, I don't even know what I'm trying to say right, right now, but that's been really successful 
for you just seeing like how far you've come since the very beginning. But it, I mean, it's not the case for everyone because some people like having like a structured meal plan. But what would you, mm-hmm. how has it been different for you as opposed to like just doing other diets, like counting your macros? Because that's something people ask me a lot. And my response is just like how, you know, one person, but like for everyone, I think it's going to be a little bit different. So how has counting macros been different than the other diets? Yeah, like just different diets that you've tried. Like how has this one helped you in terms of your overall goals? Well, the number one thing is I can eat whatever I want. <laughs> you know, I've I've grown up and um, haven't been brought up, I guess, with the healthiest of diets. You know, we, I didn't grow up in a household where we would have salad before we would eat our dinner. Um, I'm not a salad person. I think salads are rabbit food and <laughs> you could probably never get me to eat one. I love so it. So every time I would try to try a diet, it's like, you know, ha- half of your plate of salad and then a boring old little piece of chicken and some tomatoes. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yuck, yuck, yuck on that. Uh, the chicken, okay. <laughs> and then, you know, then I'm just eating a piece of chicken. How boring is that? So it's given me flexibility. Um, I guess, I don't know, maybe I am a picky eater. My parents always said I was a picky eater. Um, I do eat vegetables now. Yeah. Thankfully I've grown up, you know, (laughs) but I have the ones that I like and I have, you know, a really good handful that I don't like. Yeah. And same thing with fruits. I eat some now, but I, it's a small, you know, little portion of stuff that I like. And then there's an even greater portion of things that I don't like. So that has been the number one thing for me because I'm not confined in this box where, oh, I can't have something that I love anymore. Yeah, I'm eating everything that I love, but we've gone from, what did I start out at? Like 1,800 calories and I was just eating more of it and had more flexibility. And then now we're down to 1,400 calories and I'm still eating the same thing yeah. in smaller portions and maybe have kissed a few snacks that I would eat on the daily goodbye and they turn to snacks maybe every three days yeah <laughs> instead of you know every day well and I remember that too at the beginning when you were like I I'm losing weight like eating I can't remember how many many calories that was 1200 or 1100 yeah because yeah. you were used to eating that before right mm-hmm. yeah I I can totally relate to that too <laughs> it's the body but so yeah crazy. that's like the number one thing is You have never asked me, what are you eating? And you've never told me, you know, you have to have this at breakfast. And these are your choices at lunch. And these are your choices for dinner. And these are your only options as snacks. Like go have celery and I don't know, something. (laughs) Some bird food. (laughs) Yeah. And some bird food. Uh, I'm not, sorry. (laughs) It's just not me. I'm not going to do it. Like, and yeah, cause I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a lot like you in that sense too. Whereas like other people, I mean, they like having a plan, but as soon as someone do, mm-hmm. as soon as someone tells you, you can't eat anything like a certain thing, does it make you just want that thing even more? Yeah. It's like you see it everywhere. That's how I am too. <laughs> you can't have cookies. And then before you know it, they're all over the place. Yeah. You're like, oops. <laughs> so now I just plan. And then before, so I was counting calories, but I would only focus on what I was doing every single day. Um, I think I just didn't know how to like, look at the whole picture. And now that you got me looking at things on a weekly basis, which I thought was 
very hard to do, but you taught me how to do it. Um, now that I look at things on a weekly basis, I plan things out now. Mm-hmm. So I, since I'm a planner, I always have to know, okay, you know, here's my week. What do I know that's coming? There's a staff party at work. There's a Christmas party on this day. Someone's birthday's on that day. And so I can already, you know, kind of go into the week knowing I'm going to need more calories here, here, and here. So, you know, yeah, tone it down where I can to save. Is it ever hard to stick to your plan or do you find it like pretty easy once you have it set? It's pretty easy once I have it set. Um it had, it got hard around Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it's been a little bit hard, but I, I mean, I work at a school, teach kids. We were having parties pretty much. Um, we came back from Thanksgiving break and we had like nine days left to school until Christmas vacation. Yeah. And those nine days were just, whether it was a party for the kids, a party for the staff, there's snacks everywhere. Parents are giving, you know, all these yummy things that they're making and I've been doing a lot of mindless snacking lately. But if it wasn't for that, I think when we change um, like my macros up, whenever that time comes, it takes me the first week is kind of like a trial run. But by the second week, I can I already know, OK, this needs to be cut out yeah. or I can't have that as a snack anymore or no more six ounces of meat. Cut it down to four and it'll still work. Yeah. But it's what I love. Yeah. And that's so amazing that the flexibility that you have. Do you weigh you weigh your food too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a scale here at home, uh, a scale at work. Oh, you have one at work. That's awesome. People probably, yeah, people probably <laughs> think I'm crazy. They're like, "What is this?" <laughs> and even though they're not maybe extremely environmentally friendly, I use Ziploc bags, but I try to reuse them as many times as I can. Yeah, and I will literally count out a serving size of, I don't know, say something and stick it in the Ziploc bag so that I don't like overeat. Yeah. That's so amazing. Mm -hmm. These are like such good tips for people. I feel like, how do you stay motivated? I think that's just such a big thing. And you're so like on it. And I love how, you know, you, cause you can be completely honest with yourself and be like, I was mindless snacking a little bit, but whereas some people are like shit and they try to like, just pretend like it didn't happen, but it's like, you know, but how do you stay just so motivated to like be on track? Um, I think a lot of my, like just staying on track and being motivated comes from what I put in my head, like my mind space. Yeah. Every morning when I'm getting ready, like for work and I'm doing my makeup, you know, um, I used to listen to the news. I don't listen to the news anymore because I don't have cable anymore. And now I listen to podcasts. Yeah. So a podcast every morning, um, every Monday, a new podcast comes out from this really popular CrossFit coach. His name's Ben Bergeron. Mm-hmm. And I really like what he has to say. He's he's just so motivational and um he just has so many good things to say. I, I love I love listening to his podcast. So every Monday, that's what I'm listening to and I'm getting ready for work. 
every Tuesday and Thursday, I'm listening to your podcast. <laughs> Wednesday and Fridays, kind of just like a toss up. Sometimes I'll listen to one from the office. I don't know if you've ever watched no, the I, Oh, no, I've watched but, it. Yeah, but I haven't. I didn't know they had okay. a podcast. They had like a behind the scenes. Oh, cool. <laughs> of each episode. So sometimes it's that and other times it's um, anything else that I can find related to either diabetes like the juice box mm-hmm. podcast. I've listened to that what was the first one again and there's a I'll link to it I'll link to it in the show notes so that because motivation I feel like is such a huge thing for people his name is Ben Bergeron okay if I'm saying I'm pretty sure I'm saying his name right um and his podcast is called chasing excellence awesome I love it <laughs> then there's another one called the flexible dieting lifestyle beyond macros yeah so just I just search anything that could be related to to that and audiobooks so if, so if I'm not listening to a podcast I'm listening to an audiobook and I've been flying through books really at the gym too do you listen to them when I do cardio yeah it yeah. helps um pass the time because it's all about information or things that I want to know about and so you know my t- my cardio time goes quick that's good and you can take notes before you and know stuff. it I'm like oh yeah so I like listening about athletes and like how athletes persevere and overcome different challenges and obstacles and pushing themselves to the limits and um, a lot of stuff like that. A really good book that I just listened to was from Rachel Hollis, oh. The Girl Wash Your Face. I don't know if you've ever read that I book. haven't read it, but I've heard so many good things about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was really good. A couple of like famous CrossFit athletes that I enjoyed watching have books too so I'll listen to them there's some diabetes ones that I'll listen to how champions think um so much good how to stuff sleep smarter yeah just good stuff so every morning that's how I start my day and so every morning I'm like you know especially the the one with that CrossFit coach Ben Bertrand and the Chasing Excellence he might talk about um, how how to fine tune, you know, the little things. And he'll talk about sleep or he'll talk about how to get back on track when you fall off track or just little things or even yours. Like sometimes I swear when you come out on a Tuesday or Thursday, you're talking to me <laughs> and then it'll just remind me like, oh, yeah, I'm not drinking enough water. Yeah. And that'll be like my little purpose for the day. I love it. I, that's so amazing. And then because it takes I mean you know it takes a lot of time and patience to whether it's weight loss or like anything right it's like it takes a while what's Mm -hmm. helped you just persevere instead of throwing in the towel too soon you know because has that happened to you before where you're like working hard at a goal and then you just feel like you're not getting anywhere so you just you're like this isn't working for me so you throw throw in the towel too early yes that has happened to me so many times. Yes. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, it would probably sound funny <laughs> to say, but you have helped me a lot. Because how many times have you told me, like, you know, I know you feel like, you know, maybe you had a crazy week. Because, well, our phone calls always start with, Taja, I messed up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, but look, look at you, look at the patterns that are happening. And, and so you, you know, point something out. So when I can't see it, yeah, I would have thrown in the towel a long time ago. But when I can't see it, you see it for me. Yeah. Or you'll remind me, like, go, you know, take your progress pictures. You've been so – that was one thing that was, like, super inspiring. I was, like, telling everyone that I was working with just, like, you know, when they hit that point where it's, like – 
I feel like I'm not making progress. It's like, try taking measurements or the scale's not budging. It's like, try taking measurements because that's what you were doing. And the scale wasn't budging for so long, but you were taking measurements and you were losing inches. (laughs) Yes. The scale is so evil, but I've, I've learned how to, I don't know, understand it better. What kind of tips would you give someone who maybe has, is doing CrossFit right now or is trying to find like a plan, like a workout plan that's going to stabilize their blood sugars or just out of everything, all your like trial and errors and maybe even anything that you've been through in the past compared to where you are now, like any tips that you could give someone who might be in your shoes right now? Um, I would say the biggest thing would be just educate yourself and get to know your body. Um, I unfortunately never uh, took the time, I guess, to figure things out. I know there's other diabetics out there that CrossFit and according to their social medias, you know, everything blood sugar wise is, is pretty good. I never took the time to figure it out. But when I started working with you, we went to a more traditional style of um, like weightlifting and, and things like that, which, which I love still. And it helps that my boyfriend kind of follows that same um, style. So we go to the gym together now. And for me, there, it wasn't hard to figure that out. There is definitely a learning curve, the CrossFit way, because the workouts are so different day to day. And and we know the effects that heavy lifting has versus, you know, cardio base, and and you just don't know what you're going to get day to day there. Um, So there wasn't that big of a learning curve going the route that I went when, when you were programming my workouts. It's like if you walk into the gym and you're a little bit high, you do your cardio first, come down. Then you do your heavy lifting. You'll go back up and then end it with some cardio so you can be perfect and in range when it's dinner time. Oh, because I work out in the evening. So that's how my yeah. pattern usually goes. And there's not a lot of uh, guesswork to be done. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. But like working you gotta edu- but you got to educate yourself and you have to know your body. I totally agree with that. That's so important because just thinking back at the beginning of my fitness journey too it's like that was kind of the only thing that helped me like know what what was going to happen <laughs> mm-hmm. and having a CGM I mean I don't know if there's any diabetics out there who are not on a CGM and if you can get one get one it is a yeah. game changer totally do you have Dexcom right yeah you do yeah yeah that was a game changer for me too and it took me so long to get it I don't know if you were like that too. Were you nervous about getting one or? Yeah. I didn't want to be attached to things. Yeah. And then for like someone who maybe has just been like recently diagnosed or they're, they have diabetes, but they are maybe like just nervous about getting into exercise because they don't know like what it's going to do with their blood sugars. I guess you kind of already answered that. But for someone who's just been diagnosed, it's like, what what tips would you or steps would you give them for just managing their health and being able to like feel a little bit more in control, even though they're not always, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, it could, I I don't know, because I was diagnosed so young, I didn't have to, you know, think about some yeah. of those things. But I think, again, it 
you have to know what your blood sugar is at before you can even do anything. If you're going to go mm-hmm. to the gym, you need to know where you're at. If you're checking yourself on a little glucose machine, see how different things um, affect you. But definitely, like cardio is going to bring you down and strength training yeah. is going to bring you up. For everyone who's like, on the on their way to their fitness journey and wanting to lose weight with type 1 what is one one tip that you've learned that's ha- helped you a lot that you think would be helpful for other people to just help them get started i guess cuz i know so many of us are like um, yo-yo dieting or whatever like what's one thing that's <laughs> helped you that will would you know benefit someone else they should follow your uh your weight loss journey program that you have coming up because you seriously just break it down step by step and release, you know, new videos each week so that everything doesn't feel so overwhelming. Each week you learn something new through those videos that that you have recorded that they watch. Did you find that um, helpful like on a weekly basis or would it have been better to have everything all at once? I wanted to ask you that a long time ago, but I never did. No, a (laughs) weekly basis. Because I would have watched all of them and then, and then been like, "What do I do?" Okay, (laughs) and then not. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I needed to. I, me personally, I need to just get good at one thing at a time. Yeah, but that that has helped. And if um, if they're not able to do that, and maybe they are tracking their calories using something like you know Chronometer or MyFitnessPal. The night when you're getting ready to go to sleep at night, like input your whole day for the next day. That way you already know where you're going to be sitting at calorie wise instead of like tracking as you go. Mm-hmm. Just do it the night before. Like I'll, when I'm doing really good, I'll do it as I'm laying in bed either the night before or in the morning um, while I'm getting ready. And I'll have my whole day laid out. And then that way, if I thought that I was going to eat something and it ends up that it doesn't fit in my plan, I can, you know, rearrange things because you also have to take into account your snacks when you go low. Yeah. For a long time, I believe that they never counted. That's evil to say that your low snacks count against you, but you know what? Just get over it. They do. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> it count against I, you. I was, there was a period where I was like, do they count though? Like, I don't know. What if they don't? Because your energy levels are like so depleted that I'm like, do they count? <laughs> but yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. I know. It's not fair that they count against you, but they do. Yeah. Ugh. And you know what? That's how I would get stuck not losing weight all the time because you remember how I told you before I'd go to the gym, I'd stuff my face. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, with food and everything, I'd probably eat a good three to 400 calories and then go to the gym and then burn like five or 600. And then where was the cut? Yeah. I was eating to go work out and I was just breaking even, even every time. That's a whole nother story. (laughs) Yeah. But I totally can relate to that. And I think a lot of people could too, because it's like, it's not, if you're not tracking your food and even if you are and you're not accounting for lows, it's like the, we could be consuming so much more than we think we are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Those are awesome tips. I hope you enjoyed this episode today. And once again, remember that I have linked to the full episodes to both of these clips in the show notes, just in case you want to listen to the full episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will talk to you next week. Bye for now.